This is Culture in the Craft. We showcase, support, share and set up space for underrepresented cultures to see and be themselves in the creative industry. Don't forget to subscribe and share our podcast with others. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Anchor FM. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. We are back. Thank you again for listening to us. We are Culture in the Craft podcast. Today, we are going to be covering the subject of award seasons, but framed around diversity and inclusivity. So I have my co-hosts extraordinaires. I've got Larabe. Hello. Kenny. Hey. And Esther. Hello. We are being hosted by the amazing Dineg. This is the fifth Oscar that I think Dean Egg has won. Larabe is nodding. So yeah, it's it's just amazing to be in this space and pick up all that Oscar juice so that we can have a really good conversation. Now we are hoping to cover the main award ceremonies because of course we know there are many and share our views with you. And of course, as we always say, feel free to get in touch with us, reach out and give us any feedback that you have from this episode. Just to let you know, there will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen, for example, the Oscars, please be aware that we are going to talk about that subject matter and some of the other award ceremonies. For example, um, specifically talking about the Oscars, it seems like the first Oscar that was given to a person of colour was a black actress called Hattie McDaniel. She was given the Oscar for Gone with the Wind. I don't know if anyone's seen that. I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, it's a little problematic, <laughs> but it's actually quite um, a great film. The story that it covers and the protagonist, the lady who's in it, is very good. The dynamic that she plays and Hattie is quite a strong-willed character. Um, so it was really nice to see that she won this Oscar back in 1939 as a Best Supporting Actress. There was also Jose Ferrer in 1951 for... Querano de Bergerac. <laughs> I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of that. <laughs> so sorry, Jose. In 1951, and then Miyoshi Yumeki in 1958 for Sayonara. So there have been awards by people of colour in the past when we talk in terms of the Oscars. But does anyone else remember? It doesn't have to be that far back because obviously we weren't born then. <laughs> but does anyone else remember or any poignant award winners that are of minority backgrounds that won awards. Like Mahershala Ali, who just won an Oscar this year as well, and last year as well for Moonlight, was it? So he became the first Muslim uh, to be winning uh, an Oscar. And of course, we've got um, a woman uh, director as well from Pakistan, uh, Shamin Obaid, she she won two Oscars as well and passed uh, for foreign uh, documentaries she made in Pakistan, raising awareness about some uh, issues against women violence and stuff. So, yeah, they're, they're, and uh, also Emmy went to um, uh, Riz Ahmed. He yeah he won he uh, he also became first Pakistani and Muslim to to win an Emmy. So yeah, there are. <laughs> Uh, more multicultural people, minorities, uh, winning awards, which is which is great to see. Yeah, we need to see more of that. It's also the type of role that they play and they win for is also quite interesting when you see the general type of person who wins an award gets an award for, and then you look at the people that are representing people of colour, what types of characters they play and the types of awards that tend to be given out. I don't know how people feel about the differences. Has anyone noticed, even from the past few years, like representation? Do we feel like we're seeing more representation in awards ceremonies? I think so, yeah. yeah. I think films, from what I remember, they usually come from, like, stereotyped kind of stories and then they're kind of the ones that are sort of, you know, they usually tend to win from what I've seen. And then I think, like, this year there's Black Panther and obviously that's, like, fantasy. And I guess it's still kind of based on the whole, like, slavery kind of storyline, but it's not too focused on that. But I think, yeah, it's just there needs to be a way of it not being about that 
we're as a minority that we're not you know doing well we're always I mean we are like struggling in comparison but it's nice to see that there's like a different kind of storyline as well yeah I agree that it can be that consistent story of the struggle of the burden that yes is represented very well by people of colour as you say with Black Panther you're seeing people of colour in a different light and you start to see other sort of films with people being shown covering different types of genres. Best picture went to Green Book as well if you've seen Green Book again Mahershala Ali won won Oscar for supporting actor for that as well was a really good film. So if scrapping everything that we know and we've seen, if you were given the opportunity to judge and hand out an award, say covering any of the fields that we do within the industry, so design, advertising, film, TV, games, is there anyone that stood out to you that you were like, the past year was the year of said person? people? I think the Oscars were kind of, I mean, I guess it's a bit more fresh in my mind um, than BAFTAs, but um, I think like Oscars is, um, it was a lot more diverse than it was the previous year. And I think maybe they might have seen that they're getting into trouble and that they need to make these changes. Whether they've kind of done it on purpose, I don't know. Like, you think people just want to, yeah, but <laughs> but um, it was also nice to see. Like, this should be the norm, really, I think. But um, going back to, like, what you're saying, I think um, it was nice to see, like, uh, more, like, Latino and, like, um, I think the guy that won Rhapsody, Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah, and his speech was really nice. He's just incredible, yeah, like yeah, yeah. his ascension yeah. from I caught wind of him in Mr. Robot mm. and just his ability to convey so many deep emotions and his look in itself is a very yeah. extraordinary exactly. look. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but the way he managed to capture Freddie Mercury, mm. um, yeah, has, has anyone seen Bohemian Rhapsody? Yes, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. just fantastic. It's really yeah. it so, a really good film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they say he really managed to, A, get down to the bones of what Freddie was, but also in the performance, the yeah. Live Aid yeah. performance, that they said he mirrored yeah. the majority of the actions wow. when you look yeah. at the frames of the performance and then superimpose it on his performance. Mm-hmm. It's just like incredible wow. that yeah. someone like him can take on such a role like that and deliver it so well. And again, he's the first person from Arabic descent background to win an Oscar as well. It's an achievement, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. such an achievement. Well deserved, so well deserved. So also, um, I did a bit of research, so on the game side, apparently the best eSports gamer went to a person of colour. His name is Dominic McLean, Sonic Fox. Sonic Fox, so do you know about... Yeah, I know about Sonic Fox, yeah. Yeah, it's... um, Yeah, very cool. Um, He's, uh, like, openly gay, black, young guy in a kind of super competitive, almost somewhat male-dominated scene. And he's totally free about being himself he will call other people out <laughs> even in speeches um but yeah no he's a, he's a cool guy he's a cool guy and he's really good at what he does so you know it was just good to see i guess more representation especially in that area where you don't really hear much about stuff like that and everyone thinks it's quite locked off into its own kind of niche even you know when i was looking into getting into a competitive gaming and stuff like that it was very tight-knit it's like you know you'd walk into an arcade you see a whole bunch of dudes around the arcade cabinet and then you would never <laughs> go up to them or play with them so it's really cool to see that that's getting more recognition people are being way more understanding now being more chill about all types of people coming in um i think even on the in the same field he's in i think you've got um that i know of i think two or three trans street fighter players so you know it's and they're really really good as well you know they've always placed in top eight or top 16 in um in tournaments and stuff like that so yeah it's just really coming forward i think um so yeah that definitely on the gaming front is at least at least it's coming forward yeah i love just love the whole concept of his 
his mascot yeah. outfit as well. It's like he's got this box. massive box. He wears a massive fairy <laughs> suit, yeah. <laughs> just think anyone yeah. that can bring that to yeah, the game is just like awesome by me. Just, just so awesome. <laughs> anyone that anybody thinks missed out was was like unfairly passed on this past awards season. Mm. I'd like to jump in and say Gemma Chan. Gemma Chan, I've seen her in Humans um, on Channel 4. She plays the sort of key... I don't know if anyone knows Humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So basically, I would describe it as a near-future sort of dystopian TV show about people owning personal robots that, in that same vein as Uncanny Valley, they are very human-like, except they are built to serve the human society with the needs from nannying right to cleaning. And then what happens when their programme is infiltrated and they get to access their consciousness. Basically, the original creator put in like a an Easter egg or a bug that could be unlocked by this genius girl. Well, this is full of spoilers. Might have, like, Detroit become human. Yeah. yeah. So, like, a live action. Same yeah. Same, same, same. And um, she plays the key, I guess, one of the key, the foundation AI robots. And she's just brilliant. She was in Crazy Rich Asians as well. Okay. So, yeah. Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, she was just so good. I feel like she should have deserved some kind of award this award season because... The things that she is doing, the characters that she's taking on, again, is like yeah. stepping away from a stereotype. Yeah. When you think of her, she's um, got an Asian background. I think it's Chinese, her background. I will need to fact check okay. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and that she's occupying spaces that feel very outside of the norm of that character, even though her character in humans is very subservient, her ability to tap into this very questioning and sort of challenger but in a very calm and ordered way is is just brilliant and then I don't know if anyone's also seen Crazy Rich Asians but she's so good in that I don't want to spoil that because it's definitely worth definitely worth a watch because it's just brilliant also in Dr Charlotte Holmes that's the one yeah um I think it's like maybe episode five and she's like in a shop some uh like the enough no museum that's it and um yeah the tv oh my series God, I worked yeah. in the tv series so ah. maybe i didn't do the last tv okay. series so maybe yeah, okay. yeah i think it's close oh. to the end but she's cool. in that as well so very cool yeah she's done a lot of stuff mm. yeah i feel like she's Oh, maybe next year. Maybe yeah. next year we'll see her. I mean, maybe uh, Crazy Rich Agents was the beginning and then it's only going to progress from here. So she'll probably get bigger roles or roles yeah. that are going to kind of be a bit more mainstream. Yeah. Um, you know, she'll eventually get the recognition she deserves. I recently watched Isle of Dogs and that came up into... Um, not song. I think it might have been songwriting as well. Um, for, yeah. yeah. I thought that was actually quite good for... Um, because again, I guess that was uh, that's based in Japan. That whole yeah. animation and like, I like the way how the whole like stop motion and the way how they, because uh, I guess a lot of it they don't have subtitles as well, and like you kind of get informed by the, the music. Mm. And then I thought that was really well done, but I thought it's not going because it's animation. Sorry, <laughs> which, is, which is unfortunate. Yeah, and so um, saying that, like uh, with the Baftas, I was watching that on online and they were like really slow with um showing all like the actresses winning their awards went to animation went to uh costume design they just went like and this is what happened earlier and it went like in the space of two minutes and it was like okay no that's all done so see you later i was like wow that's how you think about animation and all and all the like hard like the yeah i don't know so there was the controversy around the Oscars also doing a similar thing like with the sound, right? They were saying yeah. they didn't want to stream, film or show some of the awards and then everyone kicked up yeah. a stink about, mm-hmm. you know, everyone should get an opportunity. It's yeah, they're not enough broadcast, though, isn't it? On, That's on right. TV, okay. yeah. 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 Then that became, yeah. yeah. I don't know if they did now. Did they I think they, broadcast? they, they yeah, went, they went back, back on and it, did. Yeah. But it was crazy because they were saying like, I, I mean, I haven't seen exactly the reports in it, but I remember hearing someone talking about it saying, oh, yeah, they were thinking about, you know, not presenting 
best supporting actress or something like that or best supporting actor and it's like that's a big one that's a really big one so no wonder where people would kick up a fuss about it because i mean it's kind of core to all award ceremonies having supporting and lead and then best picture and best director cinematographer all that stuff i think all of them should be equally yeah yeah it should they should all be equally uh given the same amount of limelight but yeah um, again do they just want that attention to just to make sure that people watch yeah. it to cause this much drama. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> that's what I think. Yeah, definitely. I think it's especially with the whole Kevin Hart mm. uh, scandal, I think like, oh, who's going to be hosting? We'll find out. And then, yeah, yeah no one's hosting. <laughs> I think actually that, I think that was actually a good turnout because yeah. um, it actually made the whole ceremony a little bit uh, quite diverse as well. So mm-hmm. Yeah, not just like actresses and actors. It was, I think, production and stuff as well. But yeah, I think it just made it a bit more fluid. Yeah. So controversy around mm. ceremonies and awards. Mm, yeah. And I think we were talking a bit, Kenny, about yeah. just the the process of getting on the oh, radar yeah. Definitely. of the Oscars, the of the Oscars. Academy <laughs> Awards. <laughs> Yes. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, the Oscars um uh the Oscars is a big one apparently. Um I mean they have whole PR companies dedicated to making sure they are putting the nominations and um then getting the academy to vote on said nominations. So um it's it's been described as basically like running for president. It still has the same marketing campaign. You put budget into a marketing campaign for that alone, as well as your standard marketing for your distribution for selling um, tickets and to sell to cinemas around the world. Then they've now got distribution for, sorry, they've now got marketing uh, money for getting uh, the academy to vote for them. Yeah, and there's a lot of underhanded play as well, uh, which um, it's a little bit scary and a little bit disappointing because it's almost like if you've got more money, you have better, you just have a better chance overall of getting a win. Um, one, getting a nomination, and then two, getting a win. But then, and that's kind of why you've seen a lot of independent films usually don't get the nomination mm-hmm. even if they're like really really interesting independent films they don't have enough budget to go yeah. you know push that forward so they can get highlighted and uh i think that in, in conjunction with the academy nominations being very selective on what type of genres they chose to actually be nominated made it a little bit more predictable like you were saying that's like it's quite pre- sometimes it can be quite predictable um and i think that's kind of what led to it and I think people are starting to see that a little bit more now. I think maybe in the last few years, people have said, we know what's going to win. Don't yeah. try and think that this is, uh, we're going to be so super surprised about this. We know he's going to win. And I think over time, stuff has started to come up and started to change a little bit. And obviously mm-hmm. more interesting and diverse movies are being made that do have a bigger budget. And now it's, they kind of don't have anywhere to turn. They have to look at all the films now and say, mm-hmm. okay, this film is actually really good. Yeah. We won't shove it aside uh, and we'll take a look at it and try and treat it fairly. Um, but hopefully in the future, it will just, it will kind of lead to more independent films being seen without having to push that money forwards to get them to see it. Um, but that's just a hope at the moment. And that's reminded me of another thing, which is, I read an article uh, by Cartoon Brew and they mentioned how with the animation section um, competitors, they didn't, the contest, the people who like Mark or whatever mm-hmm. rate the stuff didn't watch all of the animations. Yes, I heard about that as well. And I was yeah, like, I was just like, what? What? It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. So like now you're saying that, I'm just like, of course. I mean, I love Spider-Man to bits yeah. and it's like, I think it's just changing like the hopefully it'll change the industry um but at the same time it's like i guess that was kind of predictable and that article basically said that they didn't watch uh, myra and um yeah they just went fast about i think it was wreck it ralph (laughs) even even watching the uh the ceremony you can like you can hear the claps at the back and like the amount of um like people like clapping in terms of like what ones that they like already they're like Woo! Yeah. 
yeah. I was like, Spider-Man got yeah. like a massive like yeah. round of applause and then wreck it was like, like only a couple. <laughs> so close. Because more of the crew were there from Spider-Man. Maybe, and that's true. It was more, I just hoped that that's yeah, why that was, I was okay. there. Yeah. What award ceremony did you say that, that was? That was uh, Oscars. Okay, because yeah. I felt a similar thing at the Annie's. I just wanted to touch a bit on the raves because the rave is a nominee an award nominee (laughs) um she received a nomination for the prestigious visual effects society award and was taken out to la so i think what would be cool is to give a first person account of the award experience and how you found it what it's like and um, when you were there, were you seeing representation in the um, event itself? Definitely. It was uh, an incredible, incredible experience. When I got nominated, I couldn't even believe it. <laughs> like, And becoming also, again, the first Pakistani and a woman to be nominated for Visual wow. Effects uh, Society Award, it was uh, it just was really overwhelming. And uh, again, thanks to Dineg for, uh, you know, sending over my work for being shortlisted. And then it got nominated thanks to VES and their members for uh, giving me this honor and recognizing the work. You know, as VFX artists, we always like struggle to understand why we don't get too much uh, exposure or credit for our work. But then something like this happens and it just makes up for everything. Yeah. It's like, wow, this is, uh, you have finally been, uh, you know, recognized. Mm-hmm. At the end, didn't win. But again, for yeah, me, it was yeah. just such a great honor to be there amongst all these amazing, talented artists. And um, we had um, creators of Game of Thrones who received Lifetime Achievement Award Creative. Uh, uh, award and then Jonathan Nolan as well uh, he received as well a lifetime achievement award which was incredible they we we had we got to share this platform with them and um, thanks to Netflix as well they really made the whole uh, experience so amazing because we were there they gave us the us with the car and everything yeah. to be picked up from our hotel and go to the ceremony and they they got us the seats right at the front mm-hmm. as well oh, next so to good. all these big uh, yeah. <laughs> you know nominations and people so it was such an incredible experience everyone was super nice mm-hmm. and again in the VFX industry we don't we still don't see many uh, you know people from minority backgrounds mm-hmm. especially from Pakistan I've hardly hardly seen anyone and myself becoming the first woman to be, uh, uh, you know, representing my country in VFX industry. So uh, uh, definitely I didn't see many different uh, minority backgrounds there yet, but I'm, I'm hoping that will change gradually. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and definitely I heard more cheering for Spider-Verse yeah. <laughs> every time the nomination. <laughs> the season has been the season of the spider. Yes, yeah. yes. so overall it's, it's, it's been, uh, been incredible. Let's, uh, let's see what next year brings. <laughs> I heard we will have, uh, I think Game of Thrones being next season I think is being released so maybe they're gonna take all the awards as, as always yeah I see that happening definitely <laughs> is there any particular award that people feel mean the most to creatives or even just people working within the industry I know there's a lot of talk about award ceremonies just being about a certain type of person and that it doesn't really reflect the peers um are there any awards that people feel like are a good representation of the craft of the art of making things i feel like the oscars is kind of more of a a show piece a Mm -hmm. show pony Mm -hmm. ceremony where people can get together and of course celebrate the work but mainly it's just a, a a show there are definitely some design design ones that um uh, I've always kind of looked at it and thought, oh, that would be really cool if I was even anywhere near that quality to be, to be nominated. Um, like uh, the DNAD awards and stuff yeah. like that. Um, what does DNAD? Design and something, something. <laughs> I mean, it's design really bad. Art I direction, right? Yeah, design yeah. and art direction. I think it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it'd be really cool to to 
to be a part of that. I work with the mill at the moment, and I know the mill, the mill has a few already. And um, the last company I was with as well, they had one. So it's... It is feels that a pencil? Yeah, it like a pencil? it's just yeah. a huge pencil. Yeah, and I think that's so also really cool because yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can have it yeah. anywhere and it kind of looks cool to just have on your on your uh, shelf, uh, just singly alone, not next yeah. to anything, not gathering any dust. Um, but uh, I think that would be a really cool one to get because then at least it kind of puts you in the mind state that, hey, you're kind of up there with all these other designers and other creatives that have had... Uh, as many interesting ideas as as you have um but yeah that's that's a, that's at the moment that's my lofty goal the oscars i'll have to think about that another time <laughs> but at the moment the nad would be a great uh, goal to have i like the um the scientific awards that they give out there is the oscars scientific awards where they give out awards to people who've created groundbreaking technology in order to enhance well. yeah, yeah to enhance the creative works done then there's the royal television society that honors uh, yes. the craft oh, yeah. Yeah. um and i like the idea of looking at the craftsmanship mm. behind the awards because again i do think it's important to celebrate the people in front of the camera yeah but those behind the yeah. camera as well yeah. Yeah. do contribute a lot to the end product and there is just such a, a large amount of people that are doing amazing things behind the screen I guess you could say and when you just think about the people of colour that are behind the screen like we talk about Spider, the Spider-Verse a lot and I just can't forget Peter Ramsey who directed alongside Phil Lord and, and the others, like he had a, a really strong part to play in the Spider-Verse, um, the production of Spider-Verse and to see someone from a diverse background standing at the, you know, at the platform and receiving the award. It's just really powerful, such a powerful image of seeing him there and him championing with, with his colleagues, the, the artists, I think at the Annie Awards, they were saying like this award is, goes out to, the hundreds of other people that helped make this dream come true for them and that you can't forget. And I think the people behind the scenes do see all the the mechanisms, even if you can't see every single thing, you're, you're super aware that you are one part in this larger piece and award ceremonies that honour the people doing that. I just feel just amazing and they need their their chance to shine yeah. any any behind the scenes people that anyone wants to shout out i would just rep my whole company because yeah, <laughs> uh, uh everyone does amazing work and and i'm always surprised <laughs> at whatever they come up with i guess the directors the ava duvernes the victoria alonso mm-hmm. um particularly the women of color who mm-hmm. are delivering their best work and proving how successful they can be when they're given an opportunity or even a fraction of an opportunity. So shouting out to to them as well. Mm. I was also looking up ways in which the continued change towards seeing more diverse people in front and behind the screen, um, thoughts on how we continue to ride this crest and and continue to keep the momentum going so that we see more people of colour delivering, receiving awards, being shouted out, getting the recognition. I guess it just comes down to like companies allowing minorities to share their ideas um, and put them across, put them forward because, or even I guess higher up like producing, you know, just people who are, are more in charge and kind of finding uh new fresh ideas um i'm coming from the idea of like series or like especially just like children's series from what what i do is like just trying to reach across to things that aren't yeah that just have more like diverse characters and more diverse stories and i think yeah i i know sometimes it kind of comes from like will people get money out of it and the whole like will they get merchandise and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff but i think if people kind of allow those kind of ideas to happen, then we'll always get new, fresh ideas. 
and you'll get more people coming into the industry who are interested as well who want to work on those things so I think but I think that might just take a bit more time I think it's just taking that leap into something new and I think stuff like Spider-Verse and stuff does help that open the gate to say like this is actually this will this can work and people do like this I agree yeah because um I remember Dora the Explorer being (laughs) a really big thing and the merchandising around that and I remember children like really craving for dolls and Mm -hmm. the sort of adventure outfits I think she had such a a powerful message not only because she was um a young girl of color I think she was Latina just the idea of her being so courageous, like a young girl mm. is normally portrayed as yeah. very timid and waiting to be told what to do. But she was like an explorer and she yeah. was going out everywhere. And I think there's Doc McStuffin. I have friends who work at Brown Bag mm-hmm. Films, the, the Irish animation studio, mm-hmm. yeah. and they have had so much success with Doc McStuffins. Yeah. And it's been like distributed all over the world. Mm. And it's a doctor, it's a black girl doctor that's teaching young children about how to understand you know illnesses um, and be able to just deal with emotions and also tackling the usual like social norms to encourage people to I guess embrace difference. BAFTA I think has made a promise to say that any any film again I need to check this has to have a certain quota of people that reflect the British society in order to be put forward for a nomination Um, and then there's also a lot of talk in Hollywood about inclusion riders that you have to have a certain amount of diverse people working on a production and that should be stipulated by these I guess influencer um, performers the actors and actresses who say when we come on board on a film we want to make sure that there is at least X amount of people. That's part of my agreement. That's the package in my contract, um, which is pretty cool. I think that's yeah. really, really that's good it. to have that sort of clout for people to stand up and say, not only do I want to be paid fairly and mm-hmm. you know that I'm marketable, but part of that is supporting, using my power and influence to support in ways that don't really like it's no skin off their nose they're not Mm. losing any money and it's unlikely that they'll lose any credibility because they are the ones that are driving a lot of these these massive films yeah is that just in animation was that and films or like i think it's um it's it's in films at the moment but i think also i think warner brothers was talking about including it in animation a similar that you had to have a certain amount of diverse um, workers in your studio there's so many people yeah. have had the discussion of like um, but it shouldn't be a number like um, yeah. I did there was this article actually um, Animation UK that said 9% BAME um, in the animation industry and it had all these other criteria but it really annoyed me how they made the twenty, the nine percent look like at least forty in the diagram. And I was mm. like, even that is in denial. Yeah. And like, they just need to find a way to keep BAME people in these animation industries mm. as well somehow. Uh, mm. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a, it's always a bit of a risky discussion to kind of tread on, just because you want a company or you want. Um, a studio to take you or to take anyone because they're good at what they do and not filling quotas because well we need to fill a quota so we don't look bad and you know that's a lot of the what's happening now with um companies where they're saying hey we're we're good guys too don't worry we're we you know run a massive ad campaign that says hey we're good guys too we're trying to be good Mm. Uh, we're we're super diverse but then you like look at what they do behind the scenes and what they sell and what they just do on a day-to-day basis and they don't actually follow it to the letter Mm. so um it would be good to see them kind of doing i don't know for me i don't know maybe it would just be better for them to do more outreach programs in terms of, hey, come and do a stint of work at a massive studio. There's, I don't think there's any one time where I've, I've found, um, 
you know, in secondary school or something, someone comes in from a massive studio and comes in, hey guys, is any of you like animation? Have you guys actually watched this film? Have you guys watched a Marvel film? Do you know how we make the VFX for those? Would you like to come and see how we do it? And then just taking them on a tour. That alone, I think, would get people's, would get kids' ideas buzzing. And then over time, they start to progress. Okay, this is the skills I need. And then you kind of naturally do it rather than saying, oh, we need to have a quota. Because if that quota isn't filled, they're still going to make whatever they're going to make. And they have the deadline, they've got budgets. So it's it's kind of a weird grey area, I would say. I would say it's just a very grey area. And I can't say whether I'm all for or all against it. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of in the middle. Yeah. I'm kind of in the middle. I want to see more. But yeah, yeah, definitely. I want to see more, but I don't want it to be... Yeah, I just don't want it to be... Don't want it to be forced or taken Exactly, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want like, it to be like, hey, guys, yeah. look at us, we're great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, instead, they're just kind of doing it and not making any fuss about it mm. and just saying, yeah, we have an equal, you know, diverse workforce and mm. what's your point kind of thing. Yeah. If they don't make a big deal of it, then that's kind of where it feels a bit more genuine. Mm. I guess the other part of it is minorities to make own companies and then hope, but then that's like, you know, that's so much. That's a different. Yeah, different. different (laughs) It comes down to education as well. And again, people like uh, us trying to reach out to Mm. minorities and backgrounds Mm, from where we come from and say, okay, if we can do it, you guys can do it as well. Because again, the culture I come from. Uh, just getting into the creative industry is not uh, is not fully supported, mm-hmm. but because again, also how things are back home in uh, in country, there's not much scope as well, and especially for example in VFX. Mm-hmm. Then parents tell their kids, no, there's no future in yeah, this. So exactly. there goes the dream. Mm-hmm. So they're yeah. like, okay, there's no no point getting into this because I don't see any future. So again, people like us can make try to contribute and make a little bit of change and then yeah. comes down to education as well and support system as yeah. well. So hopefully all that, it will take a long time, yeah. but we can eventually, hopefully we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess to piggyback off that, yeah, I found the article, it's Warner Media, which is the parent company of Warner Brothers, became the first major company in the entertainment industry to adopt a broad ranging diversity and inclusion policy. So... Okay they're the ones that are saying right from the top they are driving it and I think the education thing is right it also I just thought of it now I do believe like when there was one of the wars I can't like history's not my strong point (laughs) there was one of the wars that happened where all the men had to go out and fight and traditionally women were seen as people that were domestic they were looking after families they were at home but then when all the men had left and they were fighting the war, there was a massive campaign to push women into the manufacturing roles to help build and deliver. Oh, sorry, listeners, this is not a history podcast, (laughs) (laughs) but just to give context, they were um, encouraged to pick up the roles that were traditionally masculine, Mm -hmm. and there were campaigns, advertisements, and everyone knows that famous campaign with that, woman with the arm yeah yeah, showing her guns and the yeah the Mm -hmm. hair tie and that was all about showing women that they belonged in the workplace because they were needed to keep the the cogs of the war turning Mm -hmm. and I think a similar thing needs to happen here that when we talk about diversity and inclusion and quotas that it's nothing to do with the worry isn't on people who are diverse to say oh am I just being picked because I'm good enough Mm, is to change the mindset and to drive the message home to people that it's nothing to do with quotas don't don't you know don't conflate the two if needs must and needs must creativity needs to thrive and in order to do that we need to tap into as much as we can and that means opening the doors to more people it'd be interesting if that um if that uh, scheme that they're running applies to the people at the very top as well as the people who are being hired at the bottom because I think that is kind of the bigger statement if they're like okay we're going to make sure it's diverse across the board 
then some people would have to be shifted around at the top and then they start making space for um, uh, other minorities to actually come in and fill those spaces and actually give a difference of opinion rather than saying, well, you know, no, it's cool for you guys, but we're going to stay comfortable up here. Uh, nothing changes up here, but everything changes down there. So it would be interesting to see what happens um, and if they apply that across the board to the whole company. If we fast forward, not just looking at trying to include people in, are there, like there's another year coming up, another opportunity for people to gather more awards? And do we see awards ceremonies still being as coveted as they are for future generations? A bit like what you were saying that maybe there's an opportunity to explore more niche types of organisations. Do we see award ceremonies also devolving as well and becoming like specific awards for specific types of content? We talked about VR just before. Yeah. Like I know there are probably a bunch of VR awards and then what it means for like digital actors. Mm -hmm. Did they yeah, then exactly. start yeah. getting... Yeah recognition and they're also digital people digital models that are of color yeah. now does that include digital models of color like what do we think about the future of awards and the mindset of award winning an award maybe going back to like the oscars like mm. are people interested in that like just talking to someone who's not in the industry and i guess probably their mindset is like i only care about seeing Things like George Clooney on stage, <laughs> rather than like, like who's that? I don't even know who that is. You know, so I guess it sort of depends on like who your, who your target audience is and those kind of ceremonies. But that would be good to like show like more art directors and uh, concepts and character designer. That, yeah, I mean, I guess the industry is competitive enough as it is. So if, yeah. if we then start doing awards for that particular thing, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> Again, Kenny, you talk a bit about the sport, the e-sports yeah. awards. Like it sounds um, like there yeah. are audiences and massive audiences yeah. watching yeah. um, e-sports, and there is an audience there. Mm. Like, what does? Um, just interesting. A lot of the time, I think the awards. Uh, I know the the game awards was uh, happened recently. Uh, well, maybe not that recently, but um, not too long ago. And there were awards there that were. I don't know. They felt more tied to uh, fan voting. It felt more like that. So, so I know Sonic Fox won an award. I think I can't remember exactly what he won it for. I think it was maybe esports yeah, personality or some of the best. Yeah, um, and that was cool. Uh, and you know, some some people got like best streamer award, the best this and that award. So it, it felt more like a a uh, the masses have have spoken and this is the person who they think is the best or the most entertaining or the, the person who strived the most or won the most um events or tournaments or whatnot so i'm not too sure how that's going to work because i guess it's like becoming a professional uh getting an award for uh being a professional esports player is not too different from you know getting an award for you know being an athlete and that runs track or uh you know best i guess it's more it's more like best cycling award who's who's the best cycler who's your best cycler who's um who do you think did really well at tour de france but didn't actually win um so it's it feels like it's more uh crowdsourced for that mm -hmm. um so maybe that would be the way forward that there's more voter participation as in sorry uh, audience participation for the voting going back to the oscars i think more industry-wide events and award ceremonies i think they'll start dying down because last year for the oscars was quite rough for them mm -hmm. the whole oscars so what thing yeah, yeah. this year with kevin hart and not having a host and and kevin hart being a black guy as well yeah. That'd been interesting, even though you had, um, but he would have been, I think, the fourth or the fifth black person to host, I think, before you had uh, Chris Rock, I think, did the awards before. Mm -hmm. And I think 
obviously and the way that they kind of handle the whole situation saying okay we're not going to do this okay sorry we made a mistake we're going to do it uh we're going to remove all these uh, uh categories oh sorry no we're not we're going to we're going to put them back it's like they don't know exactly what they want to do because they don't know how to handle it and also viewership has gone down as well yeah. year on year it's going down and i don't feel like they want to stream it which would have been a really big pickup for this year if they said hey we're just going to stream it online mm-hmm. Um, you can watch it here or watch a cut down version for free or watch it here if you pay for it almost like pay-per-view so I don't know it's I think that that stuff like that is going to die down because it feels still quite top tier uh, still above a lot of people Uh, like you know Oscars isn't really for me like even I just said it the other day uh, sorry a a bit earlier um, Oscars is a bit too lofty for me because it is quite highbrow it is quite strange i hate to say um i think someone someone described it as you know rich people going into a building being treated like royalty and getting freebies for just being there um so uh yeah so i think that stuff's going to die down i think more uh maybe more niche stuff will kind of come to the fore i I hope so anyway that's that's my that's my take on it i definitely agree i just feel i definitely feel like the public have the public have spoken Mm -hmm. especially last year um Yeah, and it just goes to show in terms of ratings and stuff. And I think also, like Roma won, um, the controversy around Roma being um, entered into the awards ceremony, and we know how Netflix operates. It's very much Mm audience-driven, and it's interesting to see that they're eking themselves Mm -hmm. in in an area that is really traditional and... Roma wasn't really released that that much. It wasn't distributed that much yeah, on theatres. I think it was theaters. really distributed a lot, yeah. Yeah, so it was, you know, on the, the platform. Mm. I think it will be interesting to see how content mm. is rated mm. and where certain types of new frontier content sit yeah. in the old school, the old guards' exactly, the old, yeah, thoughts of because yeah, exactly. in Cannes, I don't think it was allowed in Cannes, yeah, right? They didn't let it. Um, even uh, last year, I think Beast of No Nation was potentially gonna be Oscar nominated. I think it was Oscar nominated, and then they decided, no, sorry, it can't be because it's Netflix. And then this year, oh, we have a Netflix. So it's almost like slowly progressing and then realising you can't shy away from it that much. You're going to have to let some new blood in, mm. otherwise it's going to be become really, really stale. Yeah. So true. And I start thinking of the influencers that have their platforms mm. and they're creating content around their platforms and then the traditional yes, exactly. um, producers are starting to tap into yeah, their yeah, yeah. user base. What does it mean for... Yeah. It's pretty exciting mm-hmm. to think what may come in a couple of years. To wrap then, is does anyone want to take one last opportunity to say, yeah, I'm really glad that this person won this award and why you feel like that person deserves the award? I know we've talked about Mahershala Ali mm-hmm. and I mentioned Gemma Chan. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any others that people may have heard? No, I feel like my... My take would just be because I made me just fangirling over Spider Verse, but I am happy that it did win because yeah. I think it's just incredible that film. Like from coming from artistic point of view and stuff like two D, three D, and just I guess you know what we've discussed beforehand as well. Like I've, I definitely think it's yeah, it's a stepping stone to be more diverse within animation mm. and storytelling. Yeah, in every sense. Yeah. the word yeah because it was so new Mahesh Ali yeah I think I mean I'm really happy he got another award I just hope it, it just continues and he never kind of loses steam because he's a he's a great actor mm. he's a great actor um so uh that's one Spider-Verse obviously I think uh I think Olivia Coleman I think it is yeah her winning award, obviously, because of the because of the favorite, and I I watched the favorite. I think that's one of the few. I watched Roma and the favorite, and that's pretty much the only two that I saw from the 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 ones that were for best film. But like seeing a film with three main female leads, 
they are basically female leads. They're not supporting. None of them yeah, are supporting. They're, even said that. Yeah, they are. Moment. When you see it and you're like, which one's supporting? Because yeah. they are all have their own third of a, of the film to kind of uh, take as as their own. But it was really great seeing her win win that and also uh, her winning the yeah. a BAFTA as well yeah. and not playing down her character because well. yeah. <laughs> she, she she gave a pretty funny speech at the BAFTAs and then she gave a funnier speech at the Oscars so it's very natural yeah exactly so um but I think it was really good to see that just um an all-female cast pretty much just being praised for the quality of the work they're doing not because they were females or because they were female leads in a in a in a kind of world where female leads are quite rare or hard to come by with and make a good movie from, I think it was just because I was really they were really really good at their, what they were doing. And same um, with Rami Malek as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Such definitely, a good actor. definitely. Yeah. Well, deserving, I guess, for mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I obviously cheated and wrote down a bunch of people. We said mm-hmm. Rami Malek, Mahershala Ali, Yelitsa Aprithio who was in Roma, Roma. Um, yeah. apparently her first ever acting gig. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, incredible. Um, Gemma Chan, who I mentioned, um, Regina King, she's yeah. been yeah, King, yeah. just there for so, she's so, so long. For so long. For so so long. long, it's just like long overdue. Yeah, <laughs> Regina so. King, a regal name for <laughs> quite a regal lady. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ryan Coogler, of course, yeah. for Black Panther. Yeah. Peter Ramsey, I mentioned, Barry Jenkins as well, Alfonso Cuaron, um, and oh yeah, Hirokazu Koeda, he did um, this Japanese film called um, The Shoplifters, or Shoplifters, and apparently it's just an incredible watch, Um, so definitely him. We can call it a wrap, it's actually... A school night. <laughs> it's late in the evening, so I hope everyone <laughs> has enjoyed listening to our little deconstruction of the awards. This is goodbye from me, Lorna. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening, and uh, speak to you soon, guys. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thanks for listening. Yeah. See you on and the next see one. you soon. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> If you've got an idea you'd like us to discuss or have any questions for the show, you can reach us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on CultureXCraft. Remember to subscribe, give the podcast a like, and feel free to leave a comment too. We'd love to hear from you. All your help allows us to help others like us fill creative spaces with diverse faces. Since I was a kid, I'm sure I watched Oscars, but just Actually, last year Billy and Crystal. this year. And then Billy Crystal. Wait, can we keep recording? <laughs> <laughs> Billy Crystal. <laughs> Billy Crystal. I think his one was one of the best.